Welcome back, young scientists. I'm Dr. Universe, and if you're anything like me, you've got lots of big questions about our world. Like, how does toothpaste help clean our teeth? Why do humans get sunburns? And how did Saturn's rings form? We'll investigate all those questions right here, right now. A big thanks to our kid narrator from Regional Theater of the Palouse. Our top is a proud sponsor of STEAM Learning. STEM makes life possible and art makes it worth living. Support your local arts and humanities program. Together, STEM is gaining STEAM. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Ramon, an art top theater kid. Lucy, age 10, in Pullman, Washington State, asks, Dr. Universe, how does toothpaste help clean our teeth? If you're like me, every day you squeeze a little toothpaste onto your toothbrush and brush your teeth. What flavor toothpaste do you like the best, Ramon? My favorite flavor of toothpaste is peppermint. Maybe you can take a look at the label on your toothpaste tube. What do you see? The ingredients in this tube of toothpaste are sorbitol, purified water, hydrated silica, vegetable glycerine, calcium carbonate. There are different ingredients in different toothpastes. Some have really long names, which might be a little intimidating at first, but they all have important jobs. I met up with my friend at Washington State University to find out more about it. My name is Mark Lead. I serve as the Dean of the College of Pharmacy and Pharmaceutical Sciences at WSU. Thank you so much for helping us with this question. First off, what can you tell us about teeth? When you look in your mouth and you see all these white teeth, what you're looking at is enamel, the enamel that covers your teeth. You know, I read that enamel is the hardest tissue in the whole human body, even harder than bone. And it helps with things like chewing food. Toothpaste can help us protect this enamel, but what exactly are we protecting it from? When you have detritus, that's the gunk in your teeth. Stuff like little leftover bits of food that bacteria like to eat. Those bacteria are making acid that's hard on your teeth that breaks down enamel. We don't make new enamel. Once our enamel's gone, it's gone. That's why toothpaste is so important. It turns out making toothpaste requires a lot of chemistry. Abrasives are ingredients that create some grittiness and help give toothpaste scrubbing power. Remember how chemicals are made up of building blocks called atoms? One abrasive is calcium carbonate, which is made up of carbon, oxygen, and calcium atoms. There are others, but that's just one example. Meanwhile, other toothpaste ingredients like sodium lauryl sulfates help make foam. The combination of that foaming action plus the grit is what's taking off detritus that accumulates on our teeth. Those two things are really what make your teeth feel clean after you brush your teeth. Oh, and sometimes there are ingredients that help add a little flavor. Flavorings are added to toothpaste so that it does not taste chalky or bitter. All right, listeners, keep up the great brushing, keep asking great science questions, and don't forget to floss. Let's investigate the next question. Take it away, Ramon. Here's a question from Gavin, age 13, in Indiana. Hi, Dr. Universe. Why do we humans get sunburns when we are out in the sun too long? Sunburns often strike when the body gets too much of a type of light called ultraviolet light, UV for short. 
that comes from the sun. As the body recognizes there is too much UV light, it turns on a defense system. The body's immune system, which responds to invaders like viruses and other harmful things like UV light, kicks in. Some people might see their skin get red or blistered. They might feel itchy or painful. But not everyone experiences sunburn in quite the same way. A big part of the answer to your question has to do with cells or building blocks of life that make up your body. So my name is Cynthia Cooper. I am an educator at Washington State University in Vancouver, Washington. I teach students to understand the properties of a cell and what they do and how they do it. The human body is made up of billions of cells and they do all kinds of different jobs. But you are especially interested in cells that make something called melanin. For listeners who may not have heard of melanin, what exactly is it? It's a pigment, a black pigment. Some cells make red and yellow pigment. But for the most part, in regard to tanning, it's a black pigment. And so pigment cells are protecting us or helping us live our best life. You can think of the melanin-making cells in your body like a hand with fingers reaching out to the neighbor cells called keratinocytes. The fingers of the melanin-making cell can help pass melanin to several keratinocytes at the same time. Then the keratinocytes can move the melanin to the cell's control center, the nucleus. Ramon, do you know what is inside the nucleus? That's where we find DNA, which contains the instructions your body needs to grow and develop. DNA has all the information that makes you, well, you. That's right. The pigments help protect your DNA. So it almost acts like a little flying saucer that hovers over the nucleus. And as the rays come down from above or from the side or wherever, the pigment is hovering around the nucleus to reflect the UV rays and to protect the DNA from damage. If you don't make a lot of these shield-like flying saucers of melanin pigment, you may be more likely to experience a sunburn. Meanwhile, there are some people who don't produce any melanin at all. People with this condition called albinism must be very careful in the sun because they don't have a lot of those natural shields. Can you tell us more about the organism that you study to help us learn about pigment cells? A lot of people use zebrafish to model almost everything you could imagine. You know, anything that you might be interested in studying in humans. Unlike pigment cells in humans, you can actually see pigment cells in zebrafish. In the lab at WSU, Cooper and her team are investigating the inner workings of these cells to learn more about new treatments for people with cell diseases like albinism, as well as treatments for the most serious types of skin cancer. When we understand more about how cells work, we can continue to help improve human health for everyone. Speaking of health, one thing you can do to help protect your body and its cells from ultraviolet light is to wear sunscreen when you go outside. When you wear sunscreen, you can help take care of your body, so your body can keep taking care of you. From cells to the solar system, there's so much to explore in this big universe. Here's the next question. Amelia, age 9, in Washington State asks, How were Saturn's rings made? That is a great question. I called up my friend David Atkinson, who works at the NASA Jet Propulsion Lab. He's also a graduate of Washington State University. He said nobody knows the exact answer, but scientists have a good theory about it. When you look at Saturn's rings, you are seeing all the leftover little pieces of what used to be a moon. Wow. Can you tell us more about that? 
when you have a planet, the planet has gravity around it. Okay, and the, and the gravity gets weaker as you get further away from it. Okay, young scientists, gravity is a big part of the answer to your question. It also helps to know about moons. Saturn has lots of moons. Ramon, can you tell us how many? According to NASA, scientists have discovered Saturn has 82 moons, and there are likely another 29 moons. But we are still waiting to confirm the discoveries and give those moons their names. That's right. And for each moon, Saturn's gravity on the side of the moon that faces the planet is stronger than the gravity on the side that faces away from the planet. What exactly does that mean? The gravity stretches the moon out a little bit. And there was an astronomer back in the 1800s whose last name was Roach. And he determined that if you get a moon close enough to a planet, this force, which is stronger on one side than on the other side, will be so strong, it will break the moon apart. And that force is called a tidal force. And so what the theory is, is there was a small moon of Saturn that got too close to the planet. And that small moon got inside Saturn's roach limit, inside that special distance, and the tidal force broke it into pieces. And those pieces spread themselves out around the planet, and that is the ring. That is really cool. Thanks for telling us about it. Before we go, you've learned a lot about Saturn and also worked on the Cassini mission that let us explore Saturn, its moons, and the whole system. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do at NASA these days? I study different types of missions. And what I'm spending most of my time doing right now is, and I've been doing this for about 10 or 12 years, working on a possible mission to Saturn to send a probe under a parachute into the atmosphere of Saturn. We can't wait to hear what you and your team at NASA discover next. That's all for this episode, friends. A big thanks to our scientists for helping answer these great questions. Thanks to Ramon and thanks to you for listening. You make this podcast possible. As always, you can leave a review on your favorite podcast app or submit a science question of your own at askdruniverse.wsu.edu. That's A-S-K-D-R-U-N-I-V-E-R-S-E dot W-S-U dot E-D-U. Who knows where your questions will take us next?